soon as we can. Oh, yes! That's a screamer! Let's go and win it. All the very best, boys. The FA Premier League, live only on Sky. It's a whole new ballgame. So far, the Premier League has failed to capture the imagination of an English football public not fooled by a change of label and the accompanying hype. So wrote that um, doyen of English football writing, David Lacey, for The Guardian in October of 1992. It would, of course, catch the imagination and more. But maybe in those early days, it didn't look too far removed, despite the fireworks and the cheerleaders from the old First Division. But what players stood out, who were um, a promise of modernisation to come or who were having their final swan song as an era of English football disappeared. Welcome to the Ness and Dormer draft and it's the first season of the English Premier League 1992-93. That is our topic this week. Who knows their real foxes from their Stuart Ripley's? <laughs> who knows who was responsible for that Aston Villa rearguard? Was it the Experience of Nigel Spink was at the youthful energy, shall we say, of Mark Bosnich. I'm joined as always by Rob Smythe. How are we, Rob? <laughs> yeah, youthful energy, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Good, good. And Gary's here as well. Yes, I think uh, August 92 was the last time I had any youthful energy. So, um... hmm. <laughs> Should have spoken to Mark Bosnich then. Um, and <laughs> oh, yes, uh, I, I now see the euphemism. I was yes. not being euphemistic, I understand. Yeah, good when you have to explain the jokes. Um, and joining us <laughs> as our guest this week, um, who should be the expert on all things 1992 93, the birth of modern football, of course, as he titled his book. It's Rob Fletcher. How are we, Rob? I'm good, thanks, Matt. And I was a seven year old full of actual youthful energy <laughs> yes. in the summer of 1992. And I was uh, an eleven-year-old with with similar uh, energy. Intrigued, excited, um, had Sky Telly, so it, it was it was all coming to a theatre very, very near me. Um, slightly interested in what that would mean for my own club, and I would be right to worry about that. But as um, uh, more august and experienced football um, viewers, um, commentators, writers, Rob, Gary. <laughs> what were your, your your memories, your thoughts about that particular summer? Was it just, uh, in the words of Alan Partridge, they've just rebranded it, you fool, or uh, rebadged it, sorry. It, it, was it just that? Was it just cosmetic? Or was there a hope that this really will, after Italian 90, really will bring English football into the kind of modern world? I'll go with Gary first. Well, I spent uh, some of the summer at a friend's sheet um, drinking dry martinis, beer, and uh, some very agreeable armagnacs as the uh, storms came into the Dordogne. Um, so when I came back after those academic holidays that were so glorious and now gone forever, um, yeah, football. And I'm pretty sure I went to the first game of the season at Goodison. Um, it was a 1-1 draw against Sheffield Wednesday. I can never be absolutely certain, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it felt, it felt you know, there were the Sky adverts. I'm sure many of our listeners can either recall them or have seen them since on YouTube that was promising us all of this whole new ball game. Uh, there was um, the Sky Strikers, uh, best forgotten. And there was um, 
uh, Ebenezer Good on the field at uh, Norwich at half time, I think it was. Um, who, who, who was it who did that? Who was it who did Ebenezer? The Shaman. The Shaman. That's right. But otherwise, yeah, it looked like the same players. It looked like the same kind of football. It was certainly the same kind of crowds, which I'll mention a bit later. Um, but um, yeah, uh, little did we know the revolution that was in the air. Mm. Mm. Because Everton were one of the big five that, that pushed it ahead, of course. Uh, another of those big five, Rob, was, was your your club. Football fans, we're all... Um, what's a nice way of saying idiots? Uh, we, we, we do tend to believe anything that, that we, we want to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As a United fan, was there a feeling, right, okay... Anything, anything that will bring us better luck, any change, um, anything new, because you know, the, the heartbreak of um, the, the, the denouement of 91, 92 must have still be yeah. pretty fresh. I think I was too young to, I was, I was 16, so maybe I wasn't too young, but I was too stupid to kind of appreciate the wider context. I was kind of just obsessed with the, I think I, I think I was quite malleable, so I bought all the kind of sky hype, but I didn't, I don't think I looked it beyond that. I was just obsessed with why United have bought Dion Dublin and not Alan Shearer and things like that, all the kind of mundane concerns. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't think I, I... I always remember reading in World Soccer, Brian Glamble called it the Greed is Good League. And I kind of... Obviously, I knew what he meant, but I didn't quite see that at that age or stage. Mm. Uh, obviously, he was right. Um, so, yeah, I think I was... It was just... It really was kind of quite a narrow focus I had at that, that age. Okay, well, let's see who we remember rather than what we remember from this season as we try to pick our best unique individual um, 11 from 1992-93 based purely on their impact, their efforts, their output in that season. Not what they did after or maybe what they had done before. Can I, can I just Sorry, check? We're not, we're not including cup, cup games in that season, are we? Or no, right. this is the Premier League season. It will no doubt enter the conversation just in terms yeah. of what they were what they were doing. Um, but that is, of course, dependent on the all-important draw. The names are in alphabetical order on our screen. I'm about to press the button that should change that. And there you go, Rob. You, Rob Smythe, that is your first after. How many fourths have you had now? Um, Rob Smythe, then Gary, two, three, yeah. then Rob Fletcher, and I am now um, bringing up the rear in, in fourth place. So I'm, I'm sure you'd be delighted at that, Rob. Uh, Rob Smythe, on you go. You have the full um, the full draft from which to pick. <clears throat> I do wonder. I, I will make the most obvious selection in the world and pick Eric Cantona. Sorry, can we? Before you do, before you do pick mm. Eric Cantona, oh, are we all going for 4 2? I mean, no, I presume for, yes, we're all... Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, I didn't think uh, there was yeah. um, much doubt about that. But yeah, okay, Cantona. Then. Eric Cantona, most important player at the kind of start of the Premier League, changed Man United's history. Obviously, when he came to them in November, I think they had scored something like... It was something like a goal a game that calendar year. And over the next 12 months, they scored two goals a game. I mean, it's a pretty simple upgrade. But so many moments stand out. I think he got... Something like 16 assists, no one else got more than 11. The the stabbed return pass for Dennis Irwin against Spurs is just such a glorious moment. Kind of, I think he just elevated everything really. Players, even kind of fans' imagination. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go on about him forever really, but it's a pretty simple choice. I think he was even actually weirdly, the interesting thing about Cantona is to start the season, he, I think he got the first Premier League hat trick, 
His record at Leeds mm. isn't actually that bad that season. It's just that he fell mm. out with Wilkinson. When he played, he actually had a decent record. And then when he went to United, he just um, took over, really. Even just, I was at Crystal Palace, the game where they were four points clear with two games to go. And even then, it's, it was quite a frantic game, you know, Palace away on a Wednesday night. It's not very nice. They were trying to avoid relegation. He just played, both goals are made by him with these just lovely kind of calm passes. Um, yeah, he's just on a different level, really. Yeah, impact is is the word, isn't it? He, he's a yeah, difference exactly. maker, Rob, or is that Fort Legend? Would United have probably no, done no, it? No, no, no. I would argue he changed. No, no, definitely not. United were at some eighth when he signed. They couldn't score a goal. They'd lost one nil to Wimbledon, one nil away to Villa. They were just really struggling. They bought the Dublin. He broke his leg. Mm. Um, no, I mean he changed. He arguably changed two generations of United because he kind of loosened up that team that had blown the league. But also the, the young players, the class 92 coming through, watched how hard he trained and everything, and they absolutely loved him. Um, and he also just gave United a bit of arrogance, which they kind of needed, you know. Um, I think all great teams have that to some extent. Um, no, he was just brilliant. And it, it also, certain elements of the team worked really well for him. You know, the, United weren't a particularly fast team except on the wings, but that worked really well for him. Mm. Um, no, he was just, yeah, it was fantastic. First, what was it four titles in five and they may have won five and five had he not um yeah decided to kick racism out of football so <laughs> okay that was entirely predictable gary yes well on the entirely predictable i completely agree with rob there and i'm interested that you said that uh Cantona elevated everything not least of course he elevated himself over the advertising hoardings mm. at Selhurst Park a year or two later but he really was that good um so I'm going to go for I think the second most important player in that United side although I have been known in the past to uh, to suggest he is the most important player um and just to show how different the world was back in 92-93. Um, Everton had beaten Manchester United at Old Trafford 3-0 in August the 19th. Um, incredibly, they were back playing Manchester United at Goodison three weeks later. Yeah, what, does anyone know where that was? We uh, had this question for the Guardian knowledge a few weeks ago and nobody replied. It's really weird because that was the only game that was... that. It wasn't just United-Everton, it was the whole fixtures. Yeah, really weird. It, it was strange. And another element that looks strange from a perspective today is that both crowds were around the 31,000 mark. So yeah, there was there was quite a bit of work being done at Old Trafford. I don't know about Goodison, but even so, you're right. Well. Those early, early years of the, the Premier League were building sites, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was at uh, Goodison. I may be wrong because, of course, it's 94 that the park end is being redeveloped. But it's possible. Um, I, again, I think I was there. I can't be absolutely certain, but I think I was there at Goodison uh, for the Manchester United game um, because Peter Schmeichel was just fantastic. He was brilliant. And, of course, he is something of a, a figurehead for... Um, the sort of wave of, of overseas players that were coming into the game at that time. But I think it's particularly interesting that he was a goalkeeper because I think I'm right in saying that there was more kind of suspicion of the foreigners when they were goalkeepers than anywhere else. And there's a particular reason that I'll come to for that. Um, but Schmeichel was at the start of a, just a fantastic run um, as a goalkeeper. Um, and he was he was 
brilliant and was a very important part of the uh, United uh, success story that season and, of course, in subsequent seasons. The reason why I think there was more suspicion of uh, foreign goalkeepers is that, um, and again, it's part of the Premier League, we've been starved of of live football. So all we got were, were highlights. And when you're watching highlights, you see goals. And when you see goals, there's always culpability in defenders. And the defenders who are most in the frame are goalkeepers. So I think we did have a kind of skewed view where what we saw of foreign goalkeepers was coming out and, and missing a cross and the ball being headed into the net. Um, but, of course, we knew a little from World Cups and European Championships, and we definitely were about to be shown in no uncertain terms that there was nothing exceptional about English goalkeepers and that um, markets for goalkeepers outside these shores could produce some excellent players, and none were better than Peter Schmeichel. So he's my man. There's a save at Anfield for Don Hutchison that season, which is just incredible. Um, Yeah, worth looking up if you can be bothered. Rob Fletcher, you're going next, please. I feel like I've got a bit of a dilemma with this one. I almost think it's it's definitely on the tip of my tongue who I want to select, but I'm looking down my list of players and I think there's probably a few that I could pick. I'm going to be a little bit controversial, maybe, and I'm going to pick someone who played half a season in 92-93, but I still think had a huge impact on his team. Yeah. And if he'd have played a full season, maybe the title race would have been a little bit different. Um, he was the record signing that season. Some of his goals that he scored in that period of time are absolutely incredible. People talk about the goal-scoring feats of modern players, but Alan Shearer, between 92 and 96, is probably never going to be bettered, in my opinion. So I've got to put him in there as my starting striker. I will take it if we um, play this imaginary game and he's only allowed to play a half. Um, <laughs> maybe I can take Dion Dublin's one game uh, maybe <laughs> and can throw him in alongside Shearer maybe when he comes off at half time. But hopefully he's bagged a few goals by that point. But yeah, definitely Alan Shearer. Just an amazing, amazing player. And I think, well, I don't want to say he's underrated, but I think he's underrated. <laughs> yeah, I think no, he's I, for I, that I, period, for the injury, yeah. is an absolute yeah. monster. And it's again, it's impact. It's um, oh, uh, as we as, or as you waved goodbye to Gary Lineker, um, he, he was someone who could who could maybe take up that mantle. Um, hell of a market, disappointed. Both yes, end of season, yeah. those two absolute screamers at Palace from outside the area. Yeah, that was when my eyes kind of widened. Yeah, and realised yeah. that yeah, he might actually be extreme. And part of a team that were new. And exciting, mm. and had a bit of money, and um, mm. maybe represented exactly what this 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 new era was was going to bring. Mm. Um, okay, so annoying that that, that Sheeran Cantona have gone. I feel expected that. Can, can I just However, say something about just say something about um, Shearer? Because I thought it was a mistake when Blackburn paid all that money uh, for Shearer, and the reason why I thought it was a mistake is I looked in my old Rothmans from a year or two earlier, and found out that I think it was the season before. For the season before he signed, if that makes sense, two two seasons earlier. I think Shearer scored four goals in that season and Letizia scored 21. And, um, you know, don't quote me on that because I may be misremembering, but I remember going around saying, oh, bought the wrong player from Southampton. Should have got Letiz. Should have got Letiz this year, a flash in the pan. Well, you know, 
Matiz would have been a good buy, but he wouldn't have been as good as Shearer. No, I think that's nice totally well occasionally. You're right yes. at four and thirty six in nineteen ninety one in the league. Uh, did yeah. Shearer uh, did Latiz get twenty one? I don't know, but um yeah. Shearer yeah, did yeah, get wouldn't surprise cup, me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, I mean Latiz has got a lot of goals around then. It's that eagle eye of scouting, isn't it? See something that's that's maybe untapped where someone currently is that if you plug them into your team, something something more flows. Yeah, so Sheeran Cantona going is annoying, um, but it's actually quite a lot of goal scorers in this this Premier League season, so I'm not overly fussed to be honest. Um, what the probably is, quality, is a, not of that quality, but still, but you're right. The drop off, the yeah. drop off in goalkeepers is is maybe more of an issue. Arsenal are a funny, funny old team. Um, mm. Only United conceded fewer goals um, than, than Arsenal, and they finished tenth because even though they had one very good goal scorer, um, they didn't have anything else. I think nobody scored good fewer goals, goals, did they? No, the lowest score was um, amazing. They were the yeah, favourites. So Everyone forgets this. Yeah, they were the favourites for the title. I'd say they, were, well, they were the champions of England, no? Uh, no, no, sorry, no. no two, years, two, two years before they, Leeds were. Uh, they'd been top scorer the previous season, yeah. which is so weird to go from top scorer to yeah. high scorer. So creativity dried up, um, but they were still very um, solid at the back. So I, I'll, I'll go for go for Seaman um, because I don't think um, there was a huge amount of... Um, Top quality keepers around, so Schmeichel is the keeper of the season, but but Seaman um, uh, was was very strong as well. Um, I will go United, or I'll drop into to United. I'll go for Paul Ince in the middle, Anton oh, um, <laughs> Anchira and Schmeichel, and there's probably a few others that that, that grab a lot of the headlines. Um, this man comes up in quite a few of our drafts, obviously just because of the eras that we've picked. Um, and this is before his well, his ego got the better of him, and, and possibly his career really did turn. Um, but at this moment in time, um, he was, I think, he was the central midfielder of the season. I think he, he absolutely would have been the heartbeat of any any kind of Premier League team, in my opinion, in that season. So I'll go for Paul Ince in my team. Quick, but, quick thing on Ince: he he won United's Player of the Year, not Cantona. He yeah. was immense that season, I thought. Absolutely. I think uh, probably his best season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. For consistency, Rob, just because he was there from, from day one to yeah, the final day so, and Cantona's coming in. So dynamic and he scored some really yeah. important goals, some brilliant yeah. goals. Um, yeah, just an absolutely brilliant player at that point in time, I think. Okay, back to Rob Fletcher. So the player I'm going to pick is the man who eventually replaced the man who took over in the dugout in 94 for my football team, Middlesbrough. So although his team was relegated, um, Roy Keane was fantastic (laughs) in that season. Now, what I would say is I I kind of made a list of at least eight players in every area. So goalkeeper, Mm. right back, all that sort of stuff. Central midfield is a tricky area in this team. So I think... That was kind of what I, why I focused on Roy Keane. But he kind of epitomised everything that United wanted while he was at Forest. They were a team yeah. that was quite functional. Obviously, Clough wasn't the manager that he had been. And Roy Keane had been someone that he'd sort of moulded into probably a bit of a leader, even at such a young age. 
And I think that the fact that United instantly realised they had to get him after what had happened with Shearer in the summer of 92 just kind of shows you how important he was as a player and how good he actually was, even at that young age. I, part of me thinks that it was it was better that Fergie got keen and not Shearer um, in that consecutive, that second summer in 93, because I think Keane obviously had that legacy of being a leader. I think he was starting to develop that at Forest. And for me, he would be the heartbeat of this team. Okay, another he was, very, very sensible signing. Sorry. He was in the PFA team of the year. I don't know if he was the first yeah. player to be relegated, but he's one of very few. Mm. I think Scott Park was another one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then one of the good things about doing seasons um, on the draft is that it is not an individual player's fault that the team gets relegated and you, mm. you can't just look and say, well, your team had a shocker because um, that, that Arsenal defence, for example, is fine, very fine. It's just that they couldn't create anything. They scored two more goals than they conceded, um, which is obviously a bit shambolic. But it doesn't mean that um, the heart of that was um, in any way um, dysfunctional. Uh, okay, good choice. Gary, who is joining Peter Schmeichel? For? Well, um, I'm a bit disappointed Roy Keane's gone because um, there are about five seasons coming where if you could do that thing they have in, I think, Major League Baseball or certainly in the NBA where you can trade draft picks in order to, in the future, to get draft picks for the present, I would trade quite a few draft picks for Roy Keane to be my number one pick for <laughs> the upcoming seasons. I, I thought, and I still do think I've had this conversation with my son that Roy Keane is the best player uh, in the history of the Premier League. Um, there are others more eye-catching, but at his best, Roy Keane, for about four or five seasons. Unbelievable. Uh, I can't have him, so I'm going to have a player who was always at his best against Everton. And I saw the matches uh, that Everton played home and away against uh, QPR. Um both matches included hat-tricks for QPR players. One, unlikely. The other, about as predictable as you'll get for an Everton fan. Because every time Les Ferdinand played against Everton, he scored, and often multiple times. So, Les Ferdinand, um, a tremendous centre-forward, slightly in the shadow of Alan Shearer, perhaps unfairly so, because he had sort of everything that Shearer had. Uh, he just wasn't quite as good but I don't know how many England caps Ferdinand got, probably 30 or something, he would have had 80, 90 100 in another era, he was a tremendous centre forward great in the air, good on hold up play, a fine finisher had shots, could go either way um, yeah uh, it was a season in which centre midfield players look a bit uninspiring but a season in which you could have half a dozen at least centre forwards and he would be mine that hat trick was second in three days, which is ridiculous. Oh, I don't know if that's happened again in the Premier League. The Great one player. Yeah. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. That was his kind of big breakthrough season, wasn't it? When people, I think yeah, he made his England debut yeah. at the end of that season as well. Because I don't think he was young. I don't think he was sort of 18 or 19, no. like Keane. 20... He was a, an Ian Wright who came through much later. Yeah, he turned 26 in December of that season. Yep, super pick. Uh, Mr. Smythe, you have two picks to join Eric Cantona. Oh, right. um, Eric Cantona, okay. as Jimmy Hill would have said. I will go for some quality on the wings. I'll pick Ryan Giggs and Chris Waddle. Um, 
Giggs, I think, was probably the best young player in the world at that point. Yeah. Really good season, scored a lot of goals. And again, really important goals. I can remember a game at home Southampton when in February they went one down late on and we think, oh shit, it's happening again. And he scores two terrific goals to win it. Um, just, yeah, just, just the electricity he had was just fantastic. And again, so quite unusual in those days. Um, we were used to kind of crafty wingers or but not someone that kind of that level of dynamism waddle of course was the opposite never had much pace anyway uh, i think he won football rights player of the year this year mm. which is partly because of um, romantic no nah, i don't i think well don't forget they got to both cup finals as well yeah, so would have helped. yeah. but no i think they were a good side they went on a that, that famous game when steve bruce scored in the third half was their first defeat in about 20 odds so they they obviously had other players like Warhurst, but what I like about Waddle in this season, he kind of he was getting a bit older, and it it was the thing that stood out most was was his passing more than his dribbling. Um, there's some fantastic through balls, particularly one for Hurst, who gets a late equaliser in the Sheffield derby. Um, yeah, he just looked like he was on a kind of different level of intelligence than most players. I mean, a lot of the football was we look at it now, it looks quite rustic, but Waddle kind of everything he does looks like it would fit in today's game um mm. and yeah um who got the oh yeah no so he didn't get pfa player of the year but he got football rights player of the year yeah i think having yeah. those two in cancel that's a lot of creativity and yeah, like any old any old finisher up front because like you say there were a lot of um 15 goal men so yeah that was they, were, they were absolutely well um where did lee sharp fit in then rob that's so funny. they tended to play well sharp didn't come back to around christmas because he'd had that long injury uh and they tended to just put one right one left it varied Sharp was very good though. He he was mm. I mean, Cantona was obviously the catalyst, but Sharp came back helped as well. I mean, at that point he well, he's always a brilliant crosser, but he was confident as well. I can think of like three or four like mm. brilliant crosses that led to goals. So they tended to rotate, not rotate. They tended to Kanchelski's played very occasionally. Sometimes, so for example, away at Norwich, who were top at the time in April, mm. Hughes was suspended. So Giggs played up front, Sharp left, Kanchelski's right. Um, but generally, it would be Sharp and Giggs on either wing. Cool. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, that that is um, looking powerful already, Rob. Uh, Gary. Uh, well, I'm going to go for a side that finished well up the table. Um, they were the main challengers, I think, to United after Norwich have fallen away. And the key man, I think, for them was a Rolls-Royce of a footballer who was fighting physical and mental demons at the time, which makes his uh, performances even more remarkable. And uh, he's one of those players where I'd love to get a kind of highlights reel, but I suspect mm. there isn't one because he was always unspectacular um, because he read the game so well. He, he was a minimum of fuss. And that is, of course, who are Paul McGrath. Do you know one player of the year? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he scored on the day he won it as well. He scored a winner at Forest. Uh, yeah, it's class. Rob Fletcher, please. Well, now that Paul McGrath's gone, I'm gonna have to pick my other Mm. central defender choice just to make sure we actually get one that I want. (laughs) So, I'm gonna go for I mean, I don't know if this is a bit of a theme, but um, another Manchester United man from um, to come into my team. I mean, to be fair, we probably would have all picked each individual member of the 92, 93, United team at mm. some point during this um, during this conversation. But Gary Pallister is the man that I'm going for. 
Um, a Borough lad. So that's definitely why I've picked him over Steve Bruce. But actually, <laughs> really, he was a top, top defender. We actually got him back in 98, 99. And he, he couldn't run at the best of times, but he really couldn't run then. And he was our best defender by a mile. He was just fantastic. So good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, how many conversations have we had about Gary Parton in England, for example? But um, yeah, uh, good choice. All right, I've got two. Uh, forwards are going. And after me saying low stress, we can just wait and hold on. Um, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to, to, to pick my two. Um, Let me see. Yeah, I'll probably go for the guy who scored the most goals in the season. That makes sense, I guess. Teddy Sheringham, who must have moved to Spurs during that season because he scored the first Super Sunday. Very early, yeah. Yeah, Forrest um, against Liverpool. Um, So I'll go for Sheringham and I will also go... Um, I'll stay in North London, I think, because I'm not picking Mickey Quinn. Um, <laughs> I, I'll go, I'll go for, I'll go for Ian Wright then. Um, not his fault that Arsenal had the season they did. Uh, in fact, if it wasn't for him, Christ knows what kind of season they, they would have had. Um, very much carrying um, that attacking threat, but he had. Bags and bags of energy and personality, and yeah, so uh, that's what 30 37 goals just the 37 Premier League goals between them. <laughs> um, so for all your folk tales and poetry, um, I'm just going to go for actual numbers there. So, yep, sharing them in right front <clears throat> for me. Um, Rob Fletcher, please. I feel like I now need, after we've said there's so many great strikers, I feel like I'm going to have to pick one now because otherwise I'm going to end up with Bernie Slaven. Um, right. <laughs> I think I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for Dean Holdsworth from Wimbledon. Yeah. Who actually had a really, really good season that season. Yeah, he scored he plenty of goals. Um, he started to catch the eye of quite a lot of big teams as well who were wanting the type of striker that Holdsworth was. That Wimbledon side obviously had a bit of a, a great, well, a really good spell, actually, that sort of the first few years of the Premier League, mid-table in the Premier League, trying to get a little bit higher. I think Holdsworth, someone that quite a lot of teams were after at like three or four million pounds those early years of the Premier League. So <laughs> quite happy to have him in there. One thing I like about him, it, it was his first season in, the, in top flight as well. So it was, mm. scored nearly 20 goals. was really impressive. Yeah, brilliant. We should stress, actually, there weren't, like uh, Mike said, there were no kind of Harlan numbers, were there? Sharing was top scorer with 22, and mm-hmm. then Ferdinand 20, I think, holds with 19, something like that. Yeah. Shearer 16. Shearer would have had Harlan numbers, got 16 and a half seasons. Yeah, yeah. Holdsworth should have, should have done more, maybe. Maybe just London. Uh, enjoyed London, I think, is my, my, my <laughs> perception of, of, of Dean Holdsworth. But um, yeah, there was a very intelligent player, I thought. Um yeah. As a kid, okay, uh, Rob, Gary, Parson, Roy Keane, and Holdsworth and Shearer up front. Yeah, it's um, powerful, Gary. Well, I'm going for a player who plays for a team that that were the shock team, really, and somebody must have been playing well for them. And I guess we'll get to some of those 
there. But it was a it was a kind of golden season for an unsung player, I think, before the season and after. And that's Mark Robbins at Norwich. A very fine finisher. Uh, had a, a good record. Never quite fulfilled its potential, but he was good. Mm. And he was very good in that season. Okay, Rob Smythe. Um, okay, all my top choices have gone. So, the flip am I going to have now? Um, okay. Uh, I am going to pick Mickey Quinn, actually, um, because he is a great example of a moment in time when a relative journeyman was absolutely on fire. It's an interesting story. He was at Newcastle in the second tier. I think they had Peacock and David Kelly, so he went to commentary on loan. And he scored, I think it was 15, 14 in his first 13 games, which, again, in the context of the season, is ridiculous. But the two things about it, it was the, the quality of the goals. I had a look last night to make sure they weren't all one-yarders. And actually, some of the finishes are absolutely brilliant. Both yeah, feet, absolutely brilliant, bust some, doesn't it? There's a brilliant stooping header from about 15 yards against someone. Um, and also against good teams. So they slaughtered Villa on Boxing Day, who were challenging for the title. They beat Liverpool 5-1. He scored at least one in that game, a very good goal as well. So yeah, um, I'm gonna. If we're dealing in the hard currency of goals, I would go for him. Uh, I think he ended up with like 17 in 26 games or something. He, he faded a bit, but obviously you would when you're scoring like Lionel Messi. So um, he'll do. And in yeah, central midfield's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I will take. Hang on a minute. Let me take out this. Um. In fact, no, I'll go centre-back. I'll go for Tony Adams. Uh, same reason you picked Seaman, really. The Arsenal principal played 32 games, I think. Um, like I, I, I think he was behind McGrath and Palace in that particular season. Yeah. Uh, but I would say he was probably the third Still best, very yeah. good, yeah. 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 Exactly. Still Tony Adams. Still Tony Adams. Again, a lot of love in these drafts for Tony Adams. Uh, Gary? Um. Well, I'm also going centre-back, and I'm going to go for the man who sparked the legend of Fergie time. Of course, we all get Fergie time these days. But um, he took on the uh, captaincy of Manchester United with Brian Robson injured. I think he was underrated as a centre-half and a threat in both uh, penalty boxes, a uh, threat to the opposition centre-forward and the opposition goalkeeper. Very consistent. Um, we forget, I think, just how good he was. Nothing... He didn't have searing pace, but he read the game well enough. But really, I'm going for being thrust into a leadership role and uh, delivering it so wonderfully well. So, Steve Bruce. Yep, another solid choice. I'm starting to worry a wee bit that I don't have any centre-backs. Um, Rob? Uh, another easy one for me. Uh, a right winger from Blackburn, Stuart Ripley. Could score goals, could create goals. He had a really good relationship um, with Shearer in the first part of that season. Probably would have got more assists, actually, if Shearer had have actually played the full season. He got seven goals and six assists in the end. But he was a fantastic winger and obviously only improved as Blackburn continued to improve and add to their size. And you know, another Borough lad <laughs> fulfilling the cliche again <laughs> with another pick. Shameless. Yeah, um... You're trying to outdo my quest for finding as many Rangers players in the 80s um, England <laughs> um, draft as I could possibly find and then being um, cruelly um, uh, quashed by my colleagues. Okay, uh, I'm going to 
fix my left hand side then I think um, this man wasn't in the uh, PFA team of the season I don't imagine he, he, he might have even been second he should have been um, up the pile in my opinion Steve Staunton uh, at Villa great season of course for Villa um, and my memory serves if he popped up with a few goals as well, Rob. You're going to you absolute screamer at Old Trafford in yeah. the, what was yeah. seen as a type of decider. Yeah, yeah. I think it was his best season. A lot of assists as well. Yeah, plenty of assists. Um, I like the Ripley one, and I, I did think maybe Jason Wilcox, but I, in my mind, they, those guys come alive maybe a season after. I'm going to go for Andy Sinton uh, on the left. Um, QPR of the great season, or for, again, relatively good season. Um, this was maybe his pinnacle, I don't know. Um, don't know if Andy Sinton has a pinnacle written off, uh, whatever height he is, but um, he was tricky and he was um, very productive in, um, to my mind's eye. So Steve Sinton and Andy Sinton down that left-hand side, I think, is quite strong. I'm happy with that. Back to Rob. Right, okay, this is where it starts getting a little bit difficult now, doesn't it? Because mm. you kind of don't want to miss out on certain players. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be the man who picks a full back. Um and I'm gonna go for at left back Dennis Irwin from Manchester United. I'm gonna go for. He can do all my set pieces for me. If then my right back, my imaginary right back at the moment gets injured, I can chuck him there if I need to. Mm. So versatility will do me. Um, so I'm more than happy with that one. Yep, fair enough. Still not the man who got into the PFA's team of the year at left back. Um, Gary. So well, just, just, to care, sorry, just to cap, uh, just to um, recap, I guess, Rob then has uh, Pallister and Irwin at the back, um, Stuart Ripley and right wing, Roy Keane alone in the middle, um, and Shearer and Holdsworth up front. Gary, you've got Schmeichel, McGrath, Bruce, Ferdinand and Mark Robbins. Who will join them? Yeah. Um, Andy Sinton was, of course, um, the other hat-trick scorer against Everton. I uh, saw him get that hat-trick at Loftus Road. An unlikely hat-trick man, but he was there. Um, one of my favourite players around that time. It probably wasn't his best season, but I've just looked him up and he did play all 42 games. And um, what I liked about him is he was direct and he ran hard at uh, opposition defences. So my kind of left wing, left midfield, I'm pretty sure he's on the left, was uh, Manchester City's David White. Uh, he played on the right, I think. Did he? Not well, that matters, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you can put him on the right, then I'll pick a, a left one. But I, I want David, I mean, David White in there. Yeah, I mean, he he's largely forgotten, I suspect, now. Um, because he did fade away a little bit, but uh, he was a very uh, a very decent player in his day. Yeah, great, goal, highest... great goal scorer as well. Yeah, I was gonna, he was the highest scoring wide player that season. Yeah, yeah. Really I had to good. check. I had to check whether he played up front, but actually, he hadn't because mm. Sheeran and Quinn played most of the time. Still got sixteen goals. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, Rob, your double dip, please. Yeah. So. Hmm, two left backs have gone. That's a bit annoying. Uh, centre back, I'll pick Colin Hendry of Blackburn, who was just kind of starting to emerge as a kind of better player than I've realised. I think Blackburn had the fourth best defensive record after United, Villa, and Arsenal. Um, 
on paper, it wasn't a great defence. It was Alan Wright, Kevin Moore, who was quite old by that stage, although still obviously had all his experience and was very good. And David Mayer right back. I think Hendry was the pick of them, so he'll do. Midfield, I think Villa were the best passing team in the league that season. Um, and Gary Parker was quite a big part of that. Um, he's got some really good and important goals as well. Two lovely goals, home and away against Liverpool. Um, yeah, just a kind of a very good creative midfielder for the time. Bit unlucky not to play for England, I would say. So yeah, that'll do. Okay, we'll take a pause there. I think Rob is getting a delivery. Um <laughs> that he had warned me about, so that's no problem. Grand. It's a strangely unbalanced pool of players to pick from, isn't it? It's loads of centre forwards. Some and yeah. not so much elsewhere. Yeah, if you look goals. at some forwards you haven't been picked, it's really interesting. Mm. Goals everywhere i think okay gary right um we mentioned uh the first blackburn wide player uh in uh, stuart ripley and on, on the other side and if i'm having david white as very much an attacking right side i'm going to go for jason wilcox who was slightly more defensively minded um i think he got a cap or two for england um and you know he was he was really solid as a uh, as a wide player uh, in in the modern way, not an out and out winger, but um, covering defensively as well. So, if I couldn't have Stuart Ripley on one side, I'll have Jason Wilcox on the other. And have him, you do, Rob. Oh, right. I think I'm going to go for another centre midfielder this time. Um, to complement Roy Keane, I'm going for more tenacity. In central midfield, and why not pick up David Batty? Now, Leeds didn't have a great season that season, but I still think their midfield was a really good unit. And I think Batty was quite young at that point, and I think in this team, I think he, I think he'd be, I think he'd fit in quite well. May struggle with suspensions in that central mm. midfield area, but um, <laughs> cross that bridge when we come to it. I think. I'd, I'd be more worried about Keane and Shearer fighting each other on the field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Batty breaking uh, them up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need some more creativity then. I'll, I'll go Darren Anderton at right wing. Um did he go to Spurs that season? Had he already made that yes. move? No, he, he, he was in Portsmouth. He was in the Portsmouth team. They did get to the semi-finals of the FA Cup. He scored, Liverpool, I think. Not, yeah. He did score, yeah. Um, so and he had um the second amount of assists, he had eleven assists um uh, that season. Um so I'll take Anderton, another man who had 11 assists. Uh, he wore the number seven in his back, but I'm going to kind of move him into the middle because he just floated about everywhere. Is Littacy. I've got, I'll get some hard-working players in there. Uh, you might as well just take a, an absolute grifter, but I can pop up with um, some moments um, at, at either end. So um, my midfield's complete then. Anderton ends Littacy and Sinton with Wright and Sheringham. Um, in front, I have a big hole to fill at the back as I only have um, poor Steve Staunton at this moment in time. Um, back to you, Mr. Fletcher. Right, I'm going to fill, finish on midfield then, and I'm going back to Leeds and I'm going to go for Gary Speed. 
goal scoring threat from the left hand side, lots of energy, could get up and down the pitch, was a young player at that point. And I think he would he'd fit quite well there. Maybe Shearer might have a little go at him for not whipping the ball into the box, or if Speed's probably challenging Shearer for the same header in the box, but I thought he was a good player. I'm pretty sure he played on that left hand side of that Leeds. He field. did, yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in the and team of the year. He was in the team of the year with gigs, so maybe he was punted out. Um yeah, they never bother with balance in the yeah. team of the year. Usually <laughs> got about eight forwards. Neither do we. Um Gary, please. So yeah, Gary. Yeah, um had he played for another side, I think he would be remembered more fondly. I certainly would have got more praise at the time because, you know, Wimbledon, it was all about getting in the mixer, wasn't it? And it, it certainly was for a while. But by this stage, there was a bit more to them than that. And so a player I always admired, and it was great that he got some international acclaim late in his career, uh, is Robbie Earle. Um, lovely player on the ball, made some fine runs, could finish, uh, could do his work at the other end as well. So he's my centre midman, Robbie Earle. Okay, Rob. So to Gary Schmeichel, McGrabrus, David White, um, Robert Earl, uh, Jason Milcott, Big Les Ferdinand, and Matt Robbins. Rob, you have a double dip here. You don't have a goalkeeper, you don't have a right back, you don't have a left back, and another central midfielder. What two positions are you going to complete? Yeah, so I'll pick a goalkeeper who, like Sheridan, only played about half a season, uh, Mark Bosnich, but when he did, he was. Just extremely good. He was the man of the match in the biggest game of the season, the one who drew at Old Trafford. I think in those 17 games, he kept something like 11 or 12 clean sheets. Mm. Um, as you said, full of vim and vigour. Um, yeah, I think around that time, he was yeah just a fantastic shot stopper in particular. Obviously, I don't know if he saved many penalties this season. I know that was his speciality, but he saved a hell of a lot, so he'll do. Um, left back, I will, uh, again, on the Seaman Adams principle, I'll have Nigel Winterburn. And I won't say anything about him because there's nothing to say. Everyone knows. Nope, fair enough. If, if, he, if he's there, why not? Why not pick him? Um, okay, yeah, good. So, Matt Bosnich, uh, you're back for starting to take shape. Adam and he- Adams and Hendry and Winterburn. Chris Waddle, Gary Parker, uh, with Ryan Giggs, you still have a bit of a hole in the middle. And Cantona. Cantona and Mickey Quinn. What a... Two of life's philosophers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gary, um, you have a right-back, left-back and centre-mid. Where are you going? Well, I, I want to have a bit of creativity and I, I want a passer in that centre-midfield because there'll be runners going ahead of him. And another, I think, underrated player and who, in my memory, is sort of... a an early example of kind of a quarterback playing in the Premier League, and that's John Sheridan of Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he'll find he'll find the men. He'll he'll be a kind of version of the stuff that James Madison is doing now. And so um, I, I I like Sheridan in there. Yeah, very highly thought of at the time, uh, which is the name of the game. Uh, Rob, goalkeeper full uh, goalkeeper right back centre back. Right, I'm going to go for a right-back, a young star whose career was cruelly cut short by injury and could have maybe played right-back instead of Gary Neville for a number of tournaments, and that's Rob Jones from Liverpool. 
who suffered from some injuries this season. He still played quite a lot of games for Liverpool, to be honest. I think he didn't play the full 42. I think he got over 30 or something like that. But he was a great player and such a young player playing at such a high level so early on in their career. I know Liverpool maybe not the team they once were in the 80s in that 92-93 season, but I think Jones would fit into that team nicely behind Stuart Ripley. Yeah, yeah, he would. It's Liverpool's such a such a car crash in the league that season, and disappointment anyway. But it's mm-hmm. um, there's some young players coming through. Jamie Redknapp would be would be another that that, that springs to mind. Um, okay, good stuff. I have a right back as well and a centre mid, and I can complete my team now. Um, no, I don't. I'm looking at Rob's team. I've got a right back and two centre backs to, to to finish. I can nearly complete my team. Um, I'll go Paul Parker then. Um, I think he played over 30 games that that season. Um, there's maybe there's maybe one other that I would have had a look at, but um, I'll go I'll go for Parker, uh, and then it's just these these centre backs. Um, Oh, I might as well just keep the Arsenal thing going and go for for, for Steve Bold. Then um, a couple of others that I might I might come back to at centre back if they're still available. Which, given um, two of you still need them uh, or one of you still needs them, I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. But um, yeah, I'll just I'll go for Bold. Uh, Rob, you do have a centre back and you do have a goalkeeper to complete. Uh, right, well, I'm pretty confident with the goalkeepers. So I don't need to pick them because you've all got keepers, so yeah. I think I'll be all right with that one. Um, centre-backs. It's slim pickings, isn't it? Because you look at some of the defensive record of some of the teams and it's absolutely diabolical, isn't it? Mm. T- towards the top, I always remember this um, this season for being... It's still it's quite equal in terms of you know how many defeats yeah. teams get, the gaps in the points between certain sections of the table, yeah. the fact that most teams kind of I don't know score fifty and concede fifty almost across the board. Um, so I'm gonna go for um, got a choice of two, and I'm gonna go for the one that finished higher in the table, and I'm gonna go for Mark Wright from Liverpool. Yeah, okay. Tim, yeah, Mark Wright. Yeah, I think it'll be fine next to Gary Pallister. Two two similar players, shall we say? Let's say we're a ball playing 92 93 side <laughs> rather than a get it wide and get it in the box. Let's hope there's no pace against us. Yeah, Jones Pallister, right? Irwin is your back four. Um, Gary, right back, left back. Well, I'm gonna argue with. I'm going to go for the left back, and I'm going to argue against type because I don't usually like a small fullback. But he was, and they don't come much smaller than this guy. But he was very consistent. He could get forward, and he was disciplined in defending. And that's Alan Wright. It was, I think, five foot four. And mm. looked about four foot four on the pitch. <laughs> he, did. he did. Okay, okay. Um... There, right, Rob, you can complete now. Uh, you need a right back and you need a centre yep. midfielder. So, centre mid, I'm very tempted by Kevin Richardson, partly because he played with Parker and partly because I know Ron Axon loved him, but I'm going to go for Townsend of Chelsea, Andy Townsend of Chelsea. Just kind of very good at every facet of the game, really. Scored goals, good runner, good tackler. I think it's indicative that the two teams who finished top this season 
Man United tried to sign him the previous summer and Aston Villa did sign him the following summer. So I think that kind of speaks to how good he was. And on these, I always like to have kind of one basic data-driven pick just to amuse myself. So mm. right back, I'm going to go for the underappreciated Danny Alves of his day, who is Gunnar Haller of Oldham. Five goals and seven assists. Now, the thing with Oldham is interesting is their defence was diabolical, which isn't a great advert for picking a right back. But they were they only just avoided relegation. They were the third highest scorers in the league, which is mental, really. 65 or something like that. So, yeah, five goals, seven assists. That'll do. And also, when Waddle Waddle comes in field, he can just, you know, go I love the idea of a data-driven pick in 92, 93. (laughs) I know, it's great. I know. I was trawling to see if I could find any... (laughs) anything at all but anyway yeah so rob smice team of 1992-93 is bosnich about four of hala adams hendry and winterburn god that's hard isn't it um waddle not gary much, parker townsend gigs no there's not i think there's a lot of pace in, in many of our defenses yeah. uh, or indeed the premier league defenses uh, at the time yeah waddle parker townsend gigs and cantona and quinn up front okay gary who's your right back to finish your job off? well I'm going to pick a player who I remember as a neat and tidy footballer on pitches which at that time were not quite the paddy fields of the 70s, but certainly were a long way away from the snooker tables of today. And he always looked to have a bit of time. He always looked good going forward. Again, I think possibly unfairly forgotten, and that's Tottenham's Dean Austin. I always liked him as a right back. Did not think I'd be hearing Dean Austin's name today, but this is the uh, the glory of the draft. So, Gary, your team, Peter Schmeichel and goal, Austin McGrath, Bruce and Alan Wright, and David White, Sheridan, Errol Wilcox, and Ferdinand and Robbins up front. Rob Fletcher, who is your goalkeeper? So I've realised I've got quite a lot of youth in the side. So I think an experienced pro between the sticks who performed well for a Sheffield Wednesday side who Lovely performed well in the league, top seven. Um, so I'm going to go for Chris Woods. He played most of the games. I think Kevin Preston played a few games, but um, not many. Woods was the main man, um, and I think he would be a, a pretty good keeper behind that back four. Can't ever disagree with the selection of Chris Woods. Um, so Woods... Uh, Jones, Palliser, Wright, Irwin, Ripley, Keane, Batty, Speed and Shearer and Holdsworth. That is Rob Fletcher's 92-93 Premier League team. I need a centre-back to go alongside Steve Bold. Um, the only two that I've kind of got left are Darren Peacock and, and Sean Teal. I remember Teal maybe been slightly uh, underrated just because he's, I guess, playing behind, beside Paul McGrath, um, but Peacock went to Newcastle for quite a bit of money not long after this season, I think. Uh, and again, QPR very much a uh, a nice story from that season. So I'll go, I'll go Darren Peacock to um, finish that off. And I, I don't know what it says about my psychology, but I always end up in these things with defenders with. Fantastic here. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Fernando Cuto um, principle. So, yeah, Seaman, Parker, Bold, Peacock, Staunton, Anderton, Inns, Letissi, Sinton, Wright, and Sheringham. Listen, I'm not, I'm not 
after having drawn fourth, I'm, I'm feeling all right about about that, but I'm sure Rob Smith will tell me why it's very wrong. He is first, however, to tell us why he is very right because he gets the chance. Oh, before we do, apologies. Um, there is a wild card. Who have we missed out then? Um, well, lots of Norwich in goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah, lots of Norwich uh, players. Real Fox, Jeremy Goss, yeah. uh, Brian Phillips Gunn. Scored. Ian Crooks was a very good player yeah. as well in midfield. Yeah. Um, Lee Sharp is a big one. I yeah. couldn't pick yeah. because I picked Higgs. I'm very surprised he wasn't yeah. picked. Um, McClare also, who had his limitations, but ultimately played central midfield for the champions. Um, I'm half tempted to take him, actually. Ray Houghton, I thought, might have got a, 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 yes. a shout. Um, Dean Saunders. Fox. Daley and Atkinson. Mark Hughes. Uh, a young Kevin Gallagher, Peter and Love. Um, the left back, the left back, the left back, and the right back from the PFA team of the year didn't get a sniff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Tony, Tony Doringo, David Bartley. I do find yeah. it odd that Leeds were so bad and had two yeah. players in the team of the yeah. season. But there you go. They, they, they Either or David May. Yeah. Aren't those teams of the season picked sort of after thirty February. games or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Leeds were Leeds yeah. crap then, though. To be fair, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean the, the, the player that one. the player that I surprised. Well, I'm not surprised hasn't come up, but I I definitely want him to be um, my substitute. Is uh, Paul Warhurst who played centre yes. back and mid uh, and mm -hmm. attacking? And there was a time when he was just irresistible. Mm -hmm. um, so you know Warhurst to be my one. Another one I don't think has has come up. We haven't mentioned is Gary Mabbitt, who was pretty solid as a centre back and as a leader of the team. But um, yeah, yeah Warhurst well. would definitely be. Warhurst would definitely be my substitute. Impact so by either end of the field. Yes, please. And yeah. anyone who played the, the, the nascent championship manager from around this time, the first ever one, <laughs> Warhurst played everywhere. Um, and he, he was he was superb. Um, Graham Lasso at Blackpool, uh, Blackburn as well. Uh, I don't think that? he was. Did he play much or was it right he played? I can't. I, I, can't, well, I know right at the start right, of the season. Yeah. Yeah, he was at Chelsea for part of the season. I think he had a big falling yeah. out at Chelsea, didn't he? And then eventually uh, got got a move away. The other one was um, a couple of players who moved, went to Liverpool, Neil Ruddock and John Scales at Spurs mm. and Wimbledon. Yeah, I don't think I'd be tempted to move anyone for Neil Ruddock. Do you know whose num who's numbers were ridiculous? Brian Dean, goals and assists. Mm. I think he's one of the few players who was in double figures for both, which surprised mm, me. Uh, and he went to Leeds, obviously, that summer. Anyway, um, yeah, no changes. I, I have first, I have first choice on the oh, sorry, sorry, on the sorry. wild card, and I'd uh, yeah, I'd be I'd, I'd been interested had there been a a centre back that I'd forgotten about that was stunning, but I, I don't I don't think there is, and I'm I'm happy with the. So Errol Barrett was another right back, yeah. very good for Aston Villa, but but Parker was fine, unless you tell me he wasn't. Rob Staunton absolutely no, was. was Fine, and I actually quite like that. That midfield's a wee bit of a light touch, but you get Pollens covering every ground. Yeah, the, that's a front two that actually works together. I think, even though they they play for rival clubs, so I, I I won't take a wild card. Uh, Rob Fletcher, anyone that you've forgotten about, you get one sub that you can make here before we lock these in. Well, I've just looked at Brian Dean's. Career for oh, I didn't realize his stats were that good. He got double digit goals and assists for four years on the spin, did he? Wow, I knew he yeah, did that. Tw season. 25 goals, the first Premier League goal, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, 25 goals and assists in 92 93, 22 in 93 94, and then 12 and 11. 
But I'm still going to stick with Dino up front with Alan Shearer. I'm quite happy. I'm a bit, I feel like Mark writes a bit of a shaky one. But like you say, I'm not 100% certain there's that much I could do there, really, with what was left. Um, Ripley, Keane, Batty and Speed. Probably quite happy with that. Um, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to keep it the same. Jesus, that makes sense from the field. Gary? Well, remembering that David Bardsley was in that team of the year, um, mm. there's a possibility of swapping him out for Ian Wright. Uh, sorry, not Ian Wright, Alan Wright. But I I always preferred Alan Wright to him. I, I always liked Wright as a left-back. So he's... He's probably the what the wildest choice I have in my team. Maybe Dean Austin as well, but there's a paucity of right backs, I think. So, on the whole, I'm I'm going to go with the uh, the goals of Ferdinand and Robbins, the pace of of White, the passing uh, of Sheridan, the all-round play of Earl, the discipline of Will Cox and uh, Paul McGrath and Steve Bruce at the centre of the defence, which Michael behind them. Who needs fullbacks? <laughs> Indeed. Um... Rob, I got a feeling you 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 may get a, be getting a wee bit twitchy here. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, big man, but I'm gonna swap Mick Mick Quinn for Dean Saunders. Um, yeah, just for, uh, I do well. Quinn's goal per game record is better. Like he was, it's worth his quality of his finishing is so high. But uh, Saunders is just so much more mobile, which I quite like with the, the passing of Cantona and Waddle in particular. Um, went to Villa from Liverpool early in the season. I think he scored six in his first four games including two against Liverpool, then scored the winner at Anfield. His goals dried up a little bit, but he was quite unlucky. He hit the post a lot. I can remember I think twice against Spurs in a nil-nil draw, which was quite costly for Villa. But he's just he just looks so sharp all season. You, you watch any highlights, and he's just that, constant, that whole thing about being on the shoulder, but his movement yeah, was so good. Yeah. Ron Atkinson, I think, managed his ego quite well and made him just feel like he was the best player in the world. And obviously, I would do the same. Uh, so, yeah. That's my replacement. <laughs> Best player in the world that you've forgotten about until uh, five yes. minutes ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, right, Rob, you yeah, you must be happy then. Um, Bosnick, Salah, Adams, Henry, Winterburn, Waddle, Gary Parker, Townsend, Giggs, Cantona and Saunders. Um, what are you happiest about? Well, where are you maybe a wee bit disappointed yeah. looking at? The, it, the, the, wide... Do you cover anyone else's position? Yeah, of course. Um Central midfield in particular, I would have loved to have in Torquay. Left back as well. That was kind of the Staunton and Irwin were quite hard on the list and then no one else. But Winterburn's solid enough. So, yes, I'm pretty happy with that, actually. Um, I think central midfield is kind of solid enough and they could both play a, a little bit as well. And with the kind of level of creativity of Waddle, Gibbs and Cantona, you kind of don't need much more than that. Townsend in particular, very good engine. So, yeah, quite happy with that. And good Gunnar Haller, of course. The player of the season, um, yeah. Is this just for I, think league, I, 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 I actually do think. No, I texted Lee to say what's Haller, what was Haller like for you? And he said basically he was um, basically he was brilliant. Not quite an Irwin, but always seven or eight out of ten. And basically, apparently, Royal wasn't very good once he had money to spend. But Lee said that Haller mm. was the um, the one he got right. I I think Bosnich is interesting. I do think he was really really good around this time. Um, like he only played half a season, but he kept Spink out, who was a, mm. obviously a very solid keeper. So yeah, I, I quite like him as a kind of late choice. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Cantona, of course, wins the league and everywhere, so that will do. What do the others think about Rob's team? First up, of course, so he had the he had the honour. 
Yeah, there's there's an opinion. <laughs> yeah, Eli, was... Eli, Eli's not impressed. Yeah, I I think that was uh, Rob's midfield uh, centre midfield that we could hear yeah. in the background. <laughs> Gary, are you are you are you jealous, uh, or are you you looking yeah. at that thinking you've 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 got you've got the upper hand here? Whether I've got the upper hand or not, I don't know. I just like the, the balance of, of my side. I, I like the the fact that the defence is uh, is very strong, say in in the middle. And I think Ferdinand and Robbins, as their record suggests, will score a lot of goals. And I think I've got some pace in there, which is usually what's lacking in my teams. Admittedly, not in the centre of defence, but they they have speed of thought rather than speed of foot. Um, so there's enough going on there. Of course, there are players that I would cast an envious glance uh, towards, the obvious ones of Giggs and Cantona, but there's also uh, people like Rob Jones that I was going to pick just before he, he went there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough uh, with, that, uh, with that 11, particularly in the context of the way football was played then, which is different to how it was played now on different pitches with different tactics. I think my 11 would give a, a very decent account of themselves. Rob Fletcher, looking ahead, looking at everyone else's, where where are the strengths and weaknesses of, uh, let's look at Rob and, and Gary's first before we look at yours, and then you can all have a blast at mine. Chris Waddle in Rob's team, I think, was around this time when he came back to England, mm. I think was a brilliant, brilliant sign of Sheffield Wednesday. Giggs, Waddle and Giggs on either wing, I think is a pretty, uh, pretty tasty duo. But Les Ferdinand and Mark Robbins, when you actually look at the stats and what oh, they did, they, they got a lot of goals and assists between them in that time. And you, you, I mean, Ferdinand obviously moved to Newcastle later on and people knew that he was kind of a, a, a hot property, if you like. I think Ferguson tried to get him before he got Andy Cole. So they're kind of well-known. Interested in the Sheridan Earl centre midfield as well. John Sheridan's probably quite underrated as a player for people who didn't watch him that much. Maybe he doesn't get mentioned a lot, but for people who saw him or people who watched that team around that time, he was a, a really good player. David White is another one. Like yeah. some of these players, like David Hurst, was similar with the bad injuries that they got around this time. I mean, I think I read when I was writing my book, I was reading Shoot and Match a lot from this season, 92, 93. And it was David White, David Hurst, Alan Shearer were the three, they were the three replacements for Lineker, effectively, um, in terms of goals and what they would contribute. So some of those players, I think it is a shame because they're such sort of shortened careers at the peak of their powers, really, that they probably do go a little bit underappreciated. Was this the time before kind of keyhole surgery and the kind of miracles they can do with with anterior cruciate ligaments and stuff like that? Because I think Shearer was one of the first to get that. I'm sure he went to the US for one of his operations because he got one at Blackburn. He got one early at Newcastle, didn't he? 97, was that? 97, 98, I think Shearer yeah. got one. Was who was the guy in America? Richard Stedman, was it? Something like that. Yes. Or was he? Is or was he in um, that nineteen eighties band? <laughs> what were they called? The, the British Jackson Five. He was called Stedman, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was the. Um, I think he was the guy who sort of pioneered a lot of that. I think. There's probably a nice little joy of six of uh, unsung heroes of uh, football with people like that in who brought players back, you know, mm. and physios who did miracles and kit men who rescued players with poor morale and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a time when a, a bad injury meant a season 
or maybe more, where nowadays a bad injury means you're back by Christmas. Most of the time. Okay. Um, I'm obviously envious of some centre-back. Certainly, yeah, just about everyone. Yeah, all three. All three of you have been, um, <laughs> um, sent about. Oh, I don't think Bold and Peacock are a disaster. This is not England of the eighties territory. Um, they're just they're just not as good as some of the centre back parents that uh, the rest of you've got. Um, I'm absolutely fine with the goalkeeper. I think I've got the best fullbacks, or I'd certainly be happy with those fullbacks against um, the rest. Um, I do concede that Ince has a lot of work to do, but Ince of nineteen eighty two. Ends of 1992-93 is more than up for that. But what I do have is goals and assists. I think between four players, I've got 40 assists. And between, I think, another four, I've got 52 goals. Between Letizia, Wright, Sheringham, Anderton. Um, Yeah, and Sinton. I'd add some Staunton... Um, assist to that um, that I don't have to hand. I think it's a very creative team, but yes, Pollens having to do a lot, but no one better place than 92 93 to, to do that. And I don't think Anderton and Sinton were shirkers when it came to doing doggies either and, and, and tracking back. So, um, and I think with right and sharing it, I think I have a front two that work together. I think. I think Martin, you, you're in Aussie RD Les ninety four ninety five territory with this. <laughs> you may well be getting sacked for Jerry Francis after a few months with your four four <laughs> one five formation that is kind of emerging from that team. Yeah, Latissier is a centre midfielder. Ooh, a, uh, a look at his goals. Go go and look at his goals, and they're all drifting in. There's no way he's hugging a touchline. Sinton and Anderton did. I think you need that. Latissier yeah, went wherever he went, eh, wherever he wanted. Yeah. To. Usually with two behind, but there's a moment in. Remember, Portugal beat, came from two 0 down to beat England. That you were yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah. I think England's midfield was in skulls, Beckham, McManaman. And there's a moment. I think it's two one, when about five Portuguese players break, and there's just Paul in standing there, <laughs> and he looks like he's in a game of real life Space Invaders, and they're just getting to the bottom row. Just this <laughs> horror on his face. And I love I it. Was have, eight years later. I think no, but the point is, I think he'll have that horror on his face. I agree. I think he was the best midfielder in. Britain at the time, certainly in England, easily, and he'll need to be. But what I think there's some nice bits about your team, particularly the relationship between Anton and Sheringham was extremely good. I like that. Um, and it was kind of instant as well, because that was Anderton's first season. Uh yeah, I thought Sinter was a very underrated premier. I'm not sure about right. I felt like that season he did his best work in the cups, but I might be wrong. Still um, scored 15, 15 league goals. Yeah, which is fun. you're not, right. It was not creating. He was, I think, the next best player with Paul Merson with six. So that's I would argue a hell, of, never a, a hell of a shift. I would argue it was kind of him or nothing for most. Well, of the that, but but that's yeah, not his I mean, fault. <laughs> he's, he's no still true. Got well, he's still got to do the best. Yeah. but I think as a, as a front two, right and sharing them. Yeah, nice. What nice well because I, I, I within so that that's the thing with the centre midfield. Um. That once you have an in, so you have a keen, because uh, keen and Batty, for example, Keen was box to box in those days. More. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's, there's, there's a hell of a lot of what rate, but but where where are the ball playing kind of midfielders, central midfielders in England? They didn't there exist in there weren't any. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I mean. Really. Yeah. Um, Ray Houghton, yeah. I suppose. Was, well, was he, he played right. Off the, the right. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jeremy Goss, maybe right. I don't know. But you, you don't Cro- have a, you Cro- don't have a nice lot. Player. Brian McClear, Brian McClear would have been a, yeah. A, a, his movement was his main strength, which yeah, sounds yeah. patronising, but it's not. He was just, um, yeah. I don't know. I personally, I would always have Leticia as like a ten, but you know, one, one thing that it does. I mean, saying that he's on the England in the nineties, one of the, uh, 80, sorry, in the nineties, the forward options of English <laughs> strikers. Yeah. Was I mean you've got Ferdinand Wright, Sheringham, Shearer, who all featured quite heavily for them. Well, not as heavily as some of them would have wanted for the national team. Then you had Fowler coming through a little bit later on. There was a lot to pick yeah. from. Cole in Sutton. Cole, Cole yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, we, we we got there. That was a very interesting one to do because unlike some of the the others we've done, uh, a very compressed four week period where you say, "Well, he slipped up in that game, therefore he can't be in this team." Um, this has been this has been quite interesting looking at the whole um, scope of a season. You, the listener, will determine um, whether some are naively attacking or mind numbingly. Um, crunchy in the, 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 the midfield and that will be open the poll will be open on Twitter X tomorrow and will be open for the rest of the week I hope you've enjoyed the show uh, if you have please tell your friends thank you very much to our expert guest Rob Fletcher thanks Martin thank you to Gary cheers Martin a delight to ever thank you Rob cheers lads it was good fun uh, the Champions League of things we're going now just on the turn of the century. Until then, bye for now.